Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Entertainment from the 573. Hope you all are doing well on this Friday. We did it. We made it to the end of another week. The weekend is here. So, everybody, let's get hyped. Weekend's here. Go check out some movies. We got some movies coming out. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, just came out today, last night. Depending on if your theater is showing Thursday night screenings. I'm probably not going to go see it, but to each their own. If you if you are, hope you all enjoy it. I went to see Corella yesterday. So, that makes it two weeks in a row. Feels like 2019 again. Where I've gone seen gone to see movies. I saw A Quiet Place Part 2 last week and saw Corella yesterday. I'll talk a little bit about both those films. Talk about what they've done at the box office so far. Uh, Quiet Place Part 2 still doing pretty good for itself. So we'll talk about that. There's been a couple other things that have happened within the recent days. Warner and Discovery Plus, they've... Officially come to terms on what their name's going to be. That it's going to, you know, I figured it'd be simple. So they've announced their name. Got a couple other things. AMC's trying to buy the ArcLight. I feel like I think there's some new developments on that. I'm looking at a deadline article that are saying that there's an update there. But we'll talk about that. Some Spider-Man stuff. I know everybody was ready to get a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer this week, but nonetheless, the hype for it, sorry, building up and up and up, and we're not even. We haven't even got a trailer yet, everybody. He hadn't even got a poster for it. So, the hype is just keep on building up. And hopefully we get a trailer sometime soon. But there's an interesting article that came out about a week ago. So, we'll discuss a little bit about that in the meantime as well. And, yeah, well, that's pretty much what we're all going to talk about on this edition of Entertainment this week. As you all know, Loki officially comes out next week dropping next wednesday night so i believe it's wednesday night or it's early wednesday morning i, I i'm still i still don't know how what time they're gonna drop it maybe it's gonna be the same thing they've done with dropping the shows on friday technically and drop them like around two in the morning on wednesday i feel like that's still i feel like that's probably gonna be the, the thing that's gonna happen uh, but I'm still curious if that if that is going to be the case. I think it's the most likely, but they could still drop it on just Wednesday night. You know, it does make me wonder if they'll eventually go to where they'll just like drop it in like at a time that's decent for everybody. And I know you gotta you're putting this the stuff out in different countries and all that stuff, and you want to make sure you know it lines up and all that stuff. But nonetheless, excited for that next week, and I'll probably go with. Go on here and talk a little bit about it and some other stuff that's happened. I'll just be getting back from vacation by this time next week, or at least I'll be back here by this time next week. We're coming back on Thursday, I believe it is, and I'll be back here. And hopefully Friday, I'm not too worn out from our, our trek back home to where I might it will come on here and talk a little bit about it with you guys. But I'm excited for it. I'm hyped for it. Another MCU show starts. Black Widow is coming out within the next month. I'm seeing posters, trailers for it. I'm ready for the, the newest film of Phase 4, the first film of Phase 4. So, everything's getting back into gear with the movie theater stuff. And you know what? Let's start with that. Let's talk about everything going on with movie theaters. And that's probably going to lead into 
talking about A Quiet Place Part 2 and Cruella. So let's start with, uh, as I mentioned earlier, going back to the movie theater two times in in back-to-back weeks. Going last week and going this week, it felt like 2019. And you know, even though things are still not at full capacity, still got away a little bit, we're not like college football or NFL stadiums here where we're just going full capacity. But things are slowly starting to get back to normal in the movie theater experience, business. Stuff is starting to happen. People are starting to come back. You're seeing a a lot of big-time box office numbers. You saw it for Godzilla vs. Kong. You're seeing it for A Quiet Place Part 2 and what it did on its opening weekend, overpassing what Part 1 did in 2018 when there was no pandemic. So things are getting really close to normal here. And I feel like as we're going back more to the movies more, things are starting to settle down. Things are starting to become more as a new normal in a way. We're going to start to see more films start to make a whole lot more money. We're probably going to stop seeing people go the hybrid route, I imagine. There's still a couple films that are doing it. Black Widow is doing it. I know Cruella has been doing it, but from what I've heard from various people talk about on social media, various videos I watch, that hasn't done really well on Disney+. Plus. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, why I think some of that stuff is the case and you know, why it's box office is not as big. But nonetheless, I think things are starting to get back to normal. Things are on the up and up. And I'm excited to be going back to the movies. We got uh, we got some movies coming out here in the next couple of weeks. That uh, we'll have to see how they do. Fast 9 is probably going to have a big turnout. We'll have to see how that is. I, I think I've seen the rating is not that good. I, I think I saw it on Fandango and... So, let's we'll see how that is. And the Heights is coming out. That's another hybrid. It's coming out on HBO Max, as well as in theaters. So, we'll just have to see. Lots of big-time movies coming out this summer. We'll have to see how they do. And I think they're really going to start trending away from the hybrids after, you know, that's, that's been a big topic of conversation the last year. And I feel like we're going to see some of that trend away I think one negative aspect of it is, you know, how long the movies are going to stay in the theaters. And speaking of A Quiet Place Part 2, that's uh, that's been a topic of conversation surrounding that with John and Emily. And they're, they're not as happy with Paramount, with what's been going on. It's a 45 release date in theaters. Originally supposed to be 60. They're not too happy about it. They're a little bit of money loss. So that's probably been one negative aspect of it is that movie runtimes in theaters are going to be cut down. There's probably going to be a little bit loss of money. So that's going to be a new normal. I think that everybody's going to have to get used to in the movie industry is stuff like that, where a movie's not in a theater for as long as you want it to be for 60 days, two months to where it's going to be around a month and a half. And then it's going to go right straight to streaming or where you can buy it all on iTunes google play or whatever so that's probably going to be the one negative aspect of it in, in that situation and especially with that situation it'll be interesting to see what paramount does you know they got top gun maverick coming out we'll see what happens with that that's supposed to be coming out this, this summer so we'll have to see but as far as a quiet place part two let's get right into it 
And of course, this I was so amped for this film in in March of last year. So amped for it to come out. It's coming, it's getting close, getting hyped for it. Enjoy the first one so much. The pandemic hit. And this was one of the first real movies that was kind of upended by the pandemic. And what its plan was, it had to switch dates multiple times. Krasinski maintained that he wanted this to be a, a movie theater experience that we can all have together. And I, I agree with him in that sense. No need to go the hybrid route here. Let's go back. Uh, when there's a sense of normalcy where like the theaters are going back to a sense of normal, that's when we'll release it. And they released it last weekend on Memorial Day weekend. And I got to tell you what. I I had a blast. I just had a blast going back to the movie theater. I was almost fully vaccinated by that point. The movie theaters have, were a little bit more full than uh, past experience. Uh, going to see nobody back a couple months ago. Nobody else. Started the pun there. Nobody else was in there but me. Mortal Kombat. You know, there's a few people in there. But this one was the most people that I've seen a movie with in a long time. So it was kind of strange in uh, in a bit of a sense. It's also kind of strange, now that I think of it, that throughout <laughs> throughout going back to the movies, I've been to three different theaters. Of course, my usual one here in Dyersburg, right across the river. Sykeston, I've been there a couple times. That's where I went to see Corella. And I'm trying to think... Well, and... I'm probably going to be seeing Corella again with my parents. I went to see it with my sister. She might not be able to get to while we're in Knoxville. She, she's got some stuff there she needs to do. So I'm probably going to be going to Knoxville to see it again. So that's at least three, four different theaters. I feel like I've lost count here by uh, how many theaters I've gone to see some of these movies in. Uh, oh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. I knew I was forgetting something. Going to the theater at Cape. So... It was nice to be in a, in a crowd that it felt like close to normal and see a movie that everybody was ready to see, excited to see after the hype of the first one and how successful it was. And I got to tell you what, the themes that were built on the first one were maintained in this one. A lot of the same stuff, a little bit bigger budget, I think, if I if I saw the number right. I think the budget for this one was a little bit more than uh, than this one here. But nonetheless... It's going to do well, I think. It's going to do really succeed. If you look at part one, like it really succeeded. Like the budget, I think, was around, close to $20 million or something like that. Might not even been that. And it blasted its way to over, I think, 300 worldwide. So I feel like you know, things getting back to normal here. I feel like it has a pretty good chance. It's already, Again, it's already surpassed the first one when it made its opening weekend. And looking at what Box Office Mojo has right now, let me go pull that up. It's doing pretty well for itself right now. You know, it's got $65 million domestically. I have to check worldwide here. But I think worldwide, it's going to do pretty well. Of course, in the second weekend, you expect a little bit of a drop in the second weekend. But we'll just have to see. Worldwide, it's made already $89 million. Probably going to be making a little bit more here. 
Aaron Nashley's done decent. 24 million. Not too bad there. So we'll just have to see. 45 day window here. We're already in the first seven, eight days of, of the window here. And, and talking about the film, again, it maintained the trends from the first one, which I think you had to. It, and the problem here with sequels, you got to, of course, everybody talks about, their, you know, there's a sequel problem. You got to go bigger, better, bolder, more explosive stuff, more action and all that stuff. Not necessarily the case. The aliens were shown a little bit more. As far as that's concerned, a little bit more world expansion, introdu- introduction of new characters, and uh, some new ideas uh, about this world and what's going on here. And I just thought it was absolutely blast. Krasinski did it again. I'm, I'm having trouble not going to spoilers here, but of course the beginning, it, you see in the trailer that there's going to be a little bit of flashback. I love the flashback stuff where, where you get to see all that stuff. I saw a video uh, on YouTube with Krasinski talking about like the uh, one of the opening scenes of that and how it's like one take and all that they did with that. Like I just think this one is it, it's just as good as the as part one. And I sat down and watched part one the other night, a couple of days after seeing part two, and just like man, that <laughs> movie's good. And then you have part two, and it, it's just as good. And it's kind of like the uh, kind of like part one, where like there's a p- potential opening there to move forward here. And I think it's been said that Krasinski has a sort of idea for a part three, where maybe that finishes the trilogy and they find a way to kill off the aliens. And I know there's been an idea for a spinoff. I don't know how you do spinoff here, but nonetheless, I think part two. Just as good as part one. Maybe a little bit better. I've seen people say it's a whole lot better. I think maintaining the themes, maintaining the story, and it, but just slightly expanding, fleshing out that world is uh, is gonna, is really good. It's really what made it what it is. And whenever part three comes out, you bet I'll be right in line wait, waiting to get inside and going to see what part three has in store. But that's A Quiet Place part two. Let's talk a little bit about Cruella right here. So, honestly, I had heard pretty decent things about Cruella. That uh, that a lot of people had thought that this was one of the best live-action movies that Disney had made. You got Emma Stone, you got Emma Thompson in here. Kind of being the antagonist versus the worst antagonist, I guess if you want to put it that way. So, and going to see this, I had some sort of expectations that this was going to be a pretty well done movie. That there's a decent through line. That you know that this is going to have to deal a lot with fashion, all that stuff. Kind of like a, a Devil Wears Prada type of feel from what I've heard. And essentially, it's it Disney-fied in a way. And it's going to be dealing with one of the iconic characters from an iconic movie dealing with the iconic villain and kind of her origin. A couple of problems that came in the way, and I guess it deals with the film and also deals with it outside of the film as well, is really, um, you know, who's it for? Uh, that's a discussion me and my sister had uh, on the way back after seeing it. It's like, who's this really for? You don't really know. Is it for teenage girls or 
who is it for? It's rated PG-13. And I was trying to think back if, like, there's another Disney remake here that was PG-13. I know Mulan was, but I felt, I felt like there's another one that I was missing here. But you don't really know who it's for, and plus, you also don't know who really asked for this. I know it's got a great cast. It's got great people working on it. It's Disney. I think they will take a little bit of loss because there's not really a direction here about who it's for and about, you know, why necessarily this was made. You know, I mean, technically, we know in part why it's made. Disney's been making a lot of these live action remakes, but I don't think anybody was especially asking for one on Corella, somebody who skins puppies for goodness sakes. But nonetheless, I thought it was a decent movie. And there's a part of it that was a uh, there's something I just remember that I'll get right back to after that. I make this point. There's a part of it that uh, there's a scene in there that kind of felt like you know that's when she realized ah oh, that's who she is. That's kind of like her Joker moment. You know, I know there's different points in the Joker movie where you feel like ah oh, that's when he became Joker, but there's a certain point in the movie's like ah that's when she became Corella. That's that that's the moment when she officially. This is like, not nah, screw it. I, I'm becoming this person now. But the the other point is, uh, going back to Disney Plus, talking about all that situation, is that it's not doing well on Disney Plus. And you take a look at the box office for what it's doing now. It, it's kind of like going back to the other points I made previously. Made 21, uh, close to 21 and a half million it's something weekend. That's a little bit more than people expected. But again, it goes back to who's it for, why necessarily was this made. Uh, right now, worldwide, it's made $46.5 million. Disney is not going to break bank on this. But the word, uh, and obviously you're concerned about the word of mouth too, what people are going to say. But people have said that this is pretty decent. This is a pretty well done film, and I thought so as well. But the Disney Plus stuff, yeah. I really don't know if this. I really doubt if Disney's going to pull the plug on the whole hybrid thing with Black Widow when you're a month away from putting this film out on that platform and in theaters. I think it's probably too little, too late. But I feel like that's a route where, as we are starting to get more so into 2021, as we get later into the year you're probably going to see them not do that with any of their other films, I would think. It's what I would do. Again, I'm not the head of Disney, but it's probably what I would do. It's like, you know, things are getting back pretty closely to the way things were. Not quite, but it's closer than it's ever been before since the pandemic started. So, let's just stick with the old theater. Let's just put the movies in theaters. People are will come. You saw that with Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, crap. It's Godzilla versus Kong. It says in the title. Then you got a Quiet Place Part Two. You had Part One, a phenomenal movie three years ago. People were ready to see it a year ago when it when it was supposed to come out. People are just ready to go back and see it. I don't know if this is necessarily the thing that's going to get people back in the theaters. But if you look at it, 
I think Disney's probably going to start to move away from that type of method. I think other chains are going to start to as well, where there's like, you know, screw the hybrid method or maybe we'll just put them directly on the platform. I think that's what they're doing with infinite. I feel like that's what they're, what is being done with boss baby two. I think is what it is. So it's probably going to be a method that's going to be going away. But in talking about Corella, again, I thought it was a well-done film. Both Emma Stone and Emma Thompson looked like they were having a lot of fun. They were doing really well. I thought the Emma Stone's first action a couple times felt a little bit flat. But nonetheless, I thought uh, both of them did really well. And the twist did not see it coming. There's a twist in here that I did not see coming that was pretty shocking. But at all at the same time, shouldn't have been that shocking. It's like, eh, makes sense. It makes sense. But Krell, I think, was a good film. It was nice to see two good films back-to-back. And I uh, really, really enjoyed my time in both of them. Krella, it is a little bit long. It's two hours and 14 minutes. Now watch me, watch me go see Black Widow, which is the same runtime. It's like, you know what? That's properly timed. You know, it may just be pacing issues. Is that all? Uh, I, I do feel like the a, couple, a few minutes could have been shaved off the runtime of this. But nonetheless, Cruella, I think, was a good time. Quiet Place Part 2 is a good time as well. So if you're wanting to see those two films, go see them. If you want to go see them again, have at it. Crap, I might try to find some time to go do it. Maybe not during vacation. Well, I will with Cruella, but... I guess I'll have to find some time to go see A Quiet Place Part 2, but there, again, there's some movies coming out that people want to see. I want to see In the Heights, Fast 9. Again, Black Whale's coming out here pretty soon. So, yeah. There, there are those two movies there, and I'm just excited to go back to the movie theaters. Uh, I, I know you guys are as well to be able to go back there. I, I put a tweet out yesterday on my own personal Twitter that, you know, don't take it for granted that I feel like after the, what we've all been through this past year, not going to take it for granted, especially after the year that was in 2019, where there was a lot of phenomenal films. We had any game and all the stuff with that, with the reactions that are still fun to watch. You know, it's just great to be back and hopefully we don't take it for granted. And, you know, hopefully we have an enjoyable rest of the year, back half of the year, getting to go to the movie theaters where it's looking like everything's on the up and up. and Getting back to the way things were, in in a sense. So, there are those two movies. There's me talking about the movie theaters as a whole. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff that's going on. And speaking of theaters, let's stick with theaters as a whole. AMC and what's been surrounding them the last few days. And it's been pretty big news. It's kind of shocking. Now, of course, if you've heard the Arclight Theaters, Pacific Theaters... The, they're not running anymore. I know a lot of people were devastated when they were when they heard the ArcLight was closing, and it was devastating to a lot of people that really love their theaters and their experiences going to them. But it seems like, at least from I haven't seen or read anything different, is that it sounds like AMC might be in the buying other theaters business right now. And again, this was from a few days ago, but AMC, they sold 230 million of stock to 
to a firm that just liquidated position, calling shares over overvalued. That that was the update there, and so that may have changed things a little bit. But original report was that AMC planned to go on the offensive and use the two hundred thirty million that they <laughs> that they gained from all that to go and pursue other theaters, including. Arclight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters and expanding a little bit of their chain. And if AMC is able to go in there and keep those theater chains going, great. You know, I think, again, people miss them so much. You miss them already so much in the pandemic, but to see what the pandemic has really kind of done to them and hurt, it hurt AMC a little bit too, where there's a lot of concern about them as well. But to possibly have those theater chains possibly come back and with AMC backing them and keeping them up and running. I know a lot of movie fans will be excited if that that is the case, if this update hasn't changed anything, if it has, well, there's that. But if it hasn't, then hopefully AMC is able to make these purchases, buy them and keep those theaters up and running. I haven't gone to any of those theater chains personally, at least that I know of. But from what I've heard, people love them. Great experiences there. So hopefully, if that's the case, they keep them up and running. So some other stuff, some other bits of talking about, uh, keep talking about, I guess, studios merging now. Of course, if you kept up with the news, Warner, Disney, and Discovery Plus, almost a Disney Plus right there. That would have been a twist. Warner, Discovery Plus, they've come up with the new name. I think there are other names they could have gone with, but they go with Warner Warner Bros. Discovery. So, I think that's a good name. The question is, what's going to happen with HBO Max and if that's going to be rebranded? feels like that's been rebranded a couple times now. So, where oh, you really start to wonder if that's going to maintain its same name or if it's going to keep its name and not even worry about it. Or if, you know, it's going to change just like uh, Warner Brothers did, you know, with its name. So it'll be interesting to see. And But I think this is a good name for them. There's a couple other names they, they could have gone with, like Warner Discovery. May, it was a possible name, but I guess you got to keep the Warner Bros in. So either way, good name. So that's going to be the official name for their merger, for them coming together. And there's that. And I guess the final thing we have to talk about today before we go for the weekend, I know y'all are ready to go for the weekend and, uh, and go go to the movies, go do whatever, go watch something on HBO Max, as long as that's HBO Max for the meantime. Let's talk a little bit something that came out about a week ago in an article from from Variety that... Sanford Panich, the Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group president, uh, did with Variety and talking about them and the Spider-Verse, talking about the recent casting of Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter for their Craven film. And there are a couple interesting tidbits that he brought up in here. And, of course, this goes back to the whole Spider-Man stuff and, you know, <laughs> whether we're getting a trailer or not soon or what what's that going to do afterwards, after 
No Way Home is released. But, but there's a couple interesting things that he made mention of. And, of course, the Variety article goes on, they, of course, and it goes on to say that in, Spider-Man hasn't been a part of any Sony's other films like Venom, the Venom Let Them Be Carnage film, Morris, although we see Michael Keaton's Vulture, Adrian Toomes is in Morbius, kind of a little bit of a big thing there, kind of... Kind of a little bit of a thing that got people a little bit crazy and talking right there. And Variety goes on to say, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home is set to be the final, at least, film in Sony and Marvel Disney's partnership with uh, with the Spider-Man character. And Panchers made a point of separating Spidey from its other superhero titles. He goes on to say, yeah, we don't really think of our 900 characters as the Spider-Verse. We have a Marvel Universe, the volume of characters we have. And he goes and drops this nugget. You know, wait until you see this next Venom. You don't miss Spider-Man. And you know, with the first Venom film, I don't think you necessarily missed him. I mean, you would have liked to have had him in there. Of course, that would have been cool. And I I think with this next one, you, you probably really won't miss him because it's Venom versus Carnage. Like, I don't know about you guys, and I've probably said this multiple times, I've waited for Carnage to appear in a Spidey film for some time, and now it's happening. Although, not in a direct Spider- Spider-Man film, but to appear in live action, and it's going to be facing off against Venom. You know, what else do you want more if you're a comic book fan than to see two of the most well-known of the symbiotes, Venom and Carnage, face off in a brutal blood blast. If we're being honest, especially with the Carnage character. And he then goes on to say, Panish goes on to say, he pauses. It's kind of like a little bit of a wink to the camera right there. It'll be exciting if they, it, it, it would be exciting if they do meet, right? And so that probably just got everybody up in a tizzy, like, oh no, don't get, it's like, it's like the Hawkeye GIF from Endgame. Don't get our hopes up, you know? Don't get us thinking about it. And, you know, that's an interesting point that they brought up with that this is the final film, possibly, with Sony and Marvel's partnership. Now, again, we were all freaking terrified of Sony and Marvel not being able to use Spider-Man together, that Spider-Man was going to go back to Sony and look like permanently, and we were all worried. And by that time in 2019... When all that stuff was going down, Venom hadn't been released yet. At least, well, hold on. I, I'm getting my dates wrong. Venom was released in 2018. Again, we've been in a pandemic, guys. Our sense of time has been thrown out the window for moments. So, at that time, they did have Venom at, at, come out. It was a, it was really successful. Made over $800 million at the box office. But... There's a little bit of a concern there. And I think we probably overreacted a little bit, but if you think about it, Sonic's actually done, dare I say it, probably better Spider-Man films. I mean, we did our whole Spider-Man trilogy pod here a year or so ago and talking about them, where you can probably say Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 are better films than Homecoming and Far From Home, especially Spider-Man 2. 
Now, again, I, I remember Matt wasn't uh, preferred one to two, but Spider-Man 2, I think, in the majority, is like every, everybody thinks that, you know, that's the best Spider-Man film. That's one of the best comic book films that we have. And you get Spider-Man 1, that kicked everything off. Spider-Man 3, eh. It, it, I missed the mark, and, and there's, again, some interference there with that film, and who knows if that thing could have gone on for a little bit longer. Then you had the Amazing series, where Amazing Spider-Man 1, honestly not bad. Really liked it. it, it some of the, again, some of the best parts of th those two films was Peter and Gwen, to be honest. Of course, that has to deal with the chemistry of Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, who were dating at the time. They were the best parts of those movies, I think. Those were some of the better parts of Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. But again, Spider-Man 2, kind of had they kind of jumped the gun there with, a, hey, you weren't supposed to do this Amazing Spider-Man 3, y'all. But instead, Spider-Man 2, a little bit of an overload there, you know, didn't do as well, kind of fell flat. It was like, eh, not a good thing here. And then Spider-Man goes to Marvel. I, I know it's what everybody wanted. He, they want Spider-Man to be in the MCU. The MCU is the most popular thing at the time and still is. And they want to see him be, be in the world where they're the Avengers and there's all these characters. And so you get that. But if you look at the Sony Spider-Man films, then of course you have Into the Spider-Verse, which was absolutely amazing. Sony's made some really good Spider-Man films. They've probably made some of the better ones. And that's not the knock Homecoming and Far From Home. Those are those two are fun. I think Far From Home was a little bit better than Homecoming. But there's some really good and fun parts in both those films. Like again, the, the Homecoming twist. When you find out, oh hey, hey Adrian <laughs> Adrian Toomes, Vulture. Yeah. He's Liz's father. Oh crap. That's <laughs> like a record scratch moment. And then you get Mysterio, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, all, and his character, and everything post-Endgame. All that was fun. But Sony has done, realistically, if you think about it, better Spider-Man films. And so, maybe we're all a little bit overreacting at that point. That he was going to go back to Sony. But it's probably like, you know, did Sony know what they were doing? Did Sony have a plan? Do they feel like they didn't need Marvel anymore? So that's going to be a conversation that I think is going to be brought back up with this film seemingly to be the final film of their partnership. Now, again, they could have, and they could be talking right now as we're speaking and come to another agreement that extends this partnership. It would not surprise me. It also would not surprise me if Sony felt like, hey, we feel like we can have Spider-Man in some of our films now. We can have him in a film where where Craven's in it. Put him in a Craven film. Morbius. All that stuff. Build up some more villains. Maybe we can finally get that Spider-Man and Venom and Carnage movie. That would be sick. That'd be the only reason that I, that would be all in. No buts included. Like, done. Get this, get this thing on the ground now. But... Maybe that's a, that's an option, or maybe there's a hybrid where Spider-Man does appear in some MCU films, but he also appears in some Sony films, where like 
He may not appear in he, he he may appear in like an MCU film here and there, but majority maybe Sony, but come back for essential Marvel movies like big crossover movies, Avengers movies, Young Avengers, or any other big type of crossover they got going on. Maybe that can be an option. And there's also been a lot of rumors about who's going to be appearing in No Way Home. Like, who are going to be the villains? A lot of rumors are it's the Sinister Six. But who's going to be a part of the Sinister Six? Like, we know Doc Ock is going to be from Spider-Man 2. We know Green Goblin from Spider-Man 1 is going to be in here. Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's going to be in here. Who else is going to be here? Is Mysterio going to come back? Is Vulture going to come back? Scorpion. Morbius. Crap. Even Venom. Like, uh, like I don't even know if Venom, you can find a way for him to appear in this one. But, it definitely make, it would make people go a little bit wild. Like, oh crap. There's something going on here. So, it can be a hybrid of things. Again, they could still be talking about ironing out some details right now to where, like, you know, Sony, or maybe another option is like Sony, Marvel, it's all in one universe, essentially. San Francisco is not really explored. The only thing we know about San Francisco is Ant-Man is there. But other than that, you don't really see a whole lot of it. You don't see a whole lot of stuff on the West Coast, Sands, Iron Man 1, 2, and Summer 3. Besides that, you don't really get a lot of the West Coast stuff. So... Maybe. It's possible, but it's it's really kind of crazy to to think about all this stuff and like what they are going to do. And he goes on to say later in this interview that Penn says there's actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little bit more clear for people where we're headed. Probably talking about all the uh far from, uh, the no way home rumors with Toby and Andrew appearing. And and, and freaking variety basically came out and kind of backdoored this in to this uh, little piece and said, uh, one of the worst kept secrets is saying like, you know, yeah, we're getting Toby and Andrew in here. <laughs> so way to backdoor in that variety. But, he, but again, Panish says there, there's actually a plan. We know what we're doing. We, I think people are starting to get where we're headed. And he goes on to say, I think when no way home comes out, even more will be revealed. And it's just really raising the bar for No Way Home. Like, okay. Like, we know Toby's going to be in this. We know Andrew's going to be in this, most likely. We know for sure Doc Ock's going to be in here. Electro's going to be in here. Probably Green Goblin's going to be in here. Who else is going to be in this film? And what's it all going to be about? So, it's 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 going to be really freaking weird and to, to see all this stuff happening. But, uh, and, and talking in more detail about the article, I had a couple more details here. Panage does go on to say they still have a very excellent relationship with Kevin Feige, of course. Papa Feige. And, you know, people forget, and Peter brought this to attention talking about, you know, Fantastic Four back, back with those films. that Feige was around some of these early Marvel films, like the early X-Men films, Spider-Man films, Fantastic Four films. So he has these pre-existing relationships with with some of these people. And now that he's ahead, he's got some ideas and maybe he can make them happen. And so 
In fact, that he's a great relationship with Sony. Uh, and that it seems like it's still going strong. Again, it might go back to the point where maybe they might be renegotiating their deal to where they get some more Spider-Man films later on, where we get some Tom Holland films while he's in college and get some more mature Spidey in there and see him really kind of stretches, <laughs> spread his wings a little bit. And no way home is going to be freaking. All I'm hoping is that this trailer that was supposed to come out this week that could possibly, it's been rumored and probably been leaked from AMC on accident to come out next week. How much do you give away? <laughs> How much do you give away in this trailer? Like, do you give away any sort of the villains? Like, you, I mean, I guess you can give away Doc Ock and Electro since we know we're getting them. But if Toby and Andrew in here, do you leak it, or do you, or or do you put it in your trailer, or do you just leave it out? Wait a little bit, because you know what the people want, and you know what the people are thinking right now. It's like we know who's going to be in this. Give us a shot of them together now. So I don't know, man. That this film is again, it's already building so much hype right now, and we're just at the beginning of June. We don't have any promotional stuff for this out yet. This movie is six months out. It's coming around uh, out near Christmas. Which, if, if everything's been said about this movie is going to happen, it's going to feel like Christmas to a lot of people. <laughs> so, I guess that's where we're going to leave it off, guys, with Spider-Man. Again, this film could... This film's going to be nuts. And uh, I'm interested to see what this plane is that uh, Panitch mentions about what they have planned and set out for the future for Spider-Man, for the Spider-Man like characters with Venom, Carnage, Morbius, Craven, all, and all them, and uh, see what they do with them and have planned for them in the future and see if they're going to continue this partnership, if Spidey's going to be appearing in MCU and Sony films, or if uh, it's going to be a shared universe with both of them combined. So we'll just have to see. So they'll do it for us here, everybody. Again, Hopefully you guys are staying safe. Oh, that's good stuff. Hopefully you guys are going to the movies and feel as comfortable as you are. If you're not, give it a little bit. Give the rest of the year a little bit. And I'm pretty sure you'll be going back here soon enough. Because there's a lot of good, exciting films coming out here in the back half of this year. So that said, that'll do it for us here. Be sure to go check us out on all the podcasting platforms that you guys know of. Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud iTunes and Anchor. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode and every episode on entertainment and views. Be sure to go check out the views channel as well on all those platforms as we did a podcast there yesterday talking about everything going on with the NBA Finals as a recent or not NBA Finals. We're not there yet. NBA Playoffs. Talking about everything there. One LA team is knocked out. Another could be on the brink of elimination tonight and knocked out. So we'll just head to see and we'll talk about that a little bit next time. And speaking of views, one little note here. We could be having a views episode next week, depending on Matt's schedule. If you haven't heard our plan, you might be we might be having episodes where Matt takes views for the week all week while I take a week off. 
And I haven't gotten confirmation from Peter, but maybe Peter does one for entertainment or views while I have the week off or something like that. So if uh, everything works out, hopefully Matt will be on the views channel talking to you guys next week. If not, we'll be back in a couple weeks from now on that channel for entertainment. Hopefully we'll be back next week where I'll be well rested to be able to talk to you guys about Loki and the first episode and my thoughts on that. So until then, guys, again, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time.